Hello, and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and a meteorology nerd. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, and anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to tell you about some of my favorite deep cuts, so let's take a look at today's stories, and apologies if my mic quality is a little bit weird. For the next couple days, it's going to be a little bit wonky. I'm out of town right now and recording podcasts on a little USB mic that's a little bit different than my normal setup. Anyways, let's get into it. It's 365 with MXM2. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. On this day in 2005, one of the most devastating hurricanes in modern history made landfall on the Gulf Coast of the United States. By the time it was over, Hurricane Katrina would become one of the most costly and damaging natural disasters of our time. The terrible storm devastated the city of New Orleans, exposed fatal flaws in our national emergency response system, and accentuated the enormous class divides in American cities. It also allowed heroic everyday people to come into the spotlight, rushing into the gap where our systems fell apart. Let's reverse. New Orleans is a city like no other. America likes to brag about being a melting pot, but the real melting pot is the city of New Orleans. And that means the weather too, which is meltingly hot and humid, basically tropical. New Orleans became an important harbor town where people of all nationalities, ethnicities, and backgrounds mingled together. The fabric of all of these cultures wove together to create a unique place that has been churning out culture for decades. New Orleans is the birthplace of jazz, home to ghost stories and voodoo, and a food hub for Creole and Cajun spices. In 2005, it was a majority black city too, famously home to many black creators like Lil Wayne, Tyler Perry, and Big Frida. The city has gorgeous oak and palm tree lined drives and historic French and Spanish architecture, and it looks like almost nowhere else. But it wasn't ready for Katrina. Hurricane Katrina made landfall in New Orleans as a Category 3 hurricane, which is considered a major hurricane that can cause devastating damage. Even with those predictions, the damage to the Gulf Coast was beyond what anyone expected. Why? The levees. The levees in Louisiana are basically big hills on either side of the rivers to keep the water from flooding. New Orleans exists by the sheer force of human ingenuity. A lot of it is almost 10 feet below sea level. If you've ever visited New Orleans, you might have noticed ships passing in the distance, but up at the tops of the trees, that's because a lot of the city is actually lower than the river. New Orleans was built on a marshland and has been slowly sinking ever since. Originally, the native people would move with the high ground and only settle where the land was strongest. When Europeans came in through the 17 and 1800s, they decided to make the city more permanent. They dug canals, installed pumps, and built the levees. All this industrialization weighed the land down, but the levees were always meant to keep the water at bay. On August 28th, with Katrina bearing down on the city, the mayor of New Orleans ordered a mandatory evacuation. Most people who could evacuate did, but many were left behind. Then, on August 29th, at 6.10 a.m., Hurricane Katrina slammed into New Orleans. In the first 24 hours, the levees collapsed in over 28 places and 50 more breaches occurred over the next few days. When the levees break, the water pours in. Within hours, over 80% of the city was underwater. Tens of thousands of people who hadn't been able to escape were trapped. 
They were huddled on rooftops or small islands of dry highway. The storm knocked out the city's communication lines, transportation, power, and roads. Anyone who hadn't evacuated was trapped without food, water, shelter, and any way to get out. At the time, a lot of media coverage blamed the people who hadn't evacuated for bringing this on themselves, but we have to understand the complexities involved in evacuating. You have to have resources to evacuate. What if you don't have a car for transportation? What if you don't have a family to stay with? What if you don't have any money to pay for a hotel indefinitely? Evacuating can cost thousands of dollars, and a lot of people in New Orleans weren't making a living wage. Some people felt that their options were to die in their homes or to die somewhere else. Another problem is that it took over a week for the federal emergency response to fully kick in, leading to wide criticism of the bungled governmental response. An investigation later found that the levy failure was something that could have been avoided. Fatal engineering flaws and cut corners led to their collapse. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers was found responsible for these failures. In the face of governmental failures, Katrina became a story of ordinary people helping each other. Neighbors rescued neighbors, and people from nearby towns brought their fishing boats and spent all day rescuing families from rooftops. One man described hearing calls for help inside an attic and breaking through a roof to save a woman and her small child. Thanks to the immediate and heroic response of ordinary people, many lives were saved. But in the end, over 1,833 people in New Orleans and surrounding areas died from the wreck Katrina brought. The damages cost over $125 billion. That's over 100 times higher than the New Orleans annual city budget. Over 1 million people were displaced and ended up in other cities around the United States. There's an old song from 1947 called, Do You Know What It Means to Miss New Orleans? It's sung by the New Orleans native and legendary trumpet player, Louis Armstrong. The song began to mean so much more to people who were displaced after Katrina. Many of them were never able to come back. Maybe their homes weren't rebuilt, or their neighborhoods were rezoned, or maybe they just couldn't afford it. A lot of development companies took the chance to rebuild newer and more expensive homes after Katrina wiped out so much of the existing land. Which brings us to one last thing. When talking about Katrina, we have to talk about race. Where someone lives can determine their future in so many ways, including in natural disasters. And in America, because of the legacy of racist housing laws, black people tend to live in less wealthy neighborhoods. In New Orleans, the wealthier neighborhoods are often above the flood zone, while the poorest neighborhoods are well below sea level, like the Ninth Ward, which was hit the hardest by Katrina. Years later, if you visited New Orleans, you could drive through these neighborhoods and see the waterline on the houses sometimes above second-floor windows. After the storm, many of the affordable housing units in the city just weren't rebuilt. It came back, stronger than ever, but the poor were in many places pushed aside and displaced. New Orleans is an incredible city, but it's also a lesson about the battles that we still have to fight against environmental harms that we've done to the earth and the injustices we've done to each other. Now, let's talk about music. On this day in 2004, the MTV Music Video Awards had a big night. Outkast won four awards, and their iconic song, Hey Ya, won Video of the Year. Outkast is a band with two members who have also pursued solo careers, Big Boy and Andre 3000. Andre 3000 wrote the song with inspiration from bands like the Ramones and the Smiths. For more about the Ramones' iconic sound, you can listen to the music fact on our August 16th episode. Hey Ya was one of their biggest hits ever, listed among the greatest songs of the 2000s by tons of different critics. But 
what almost outshone Outkast's big wins for that night. Jay-Z and Beyonce appeared on the red carpet as an official couple for the very first time ever. Twitter wasn't founded until two years later, so I'll just leave you to imagine what might have been the greatest breaking the internet ever. And now for today's final segment, I'll be going back into my own photo archives to figure out what I was doing on an August 29th in my life. Okay, so it looks like I went and I got Krispy Kreme on August 26th. No, tw- uh, sorry, August 29th, 2016. Um, I went and I got Krispy Kreme during the day. I was in high school. I think I was in my sophomore year at that point. And um, yeah, or no, I was in junior year. Jun- junior year? I can't honestly remember. Everything's a blur. That was like seven years ago. I'm just kidding. It wasn't seven years. I can do math. I didn't go to college. That's beside the point. Anyways, I went to go to Krispy Kreme. However, I think nowadays in 2021, Krispy Kreme is like giving people free donuts if they have proof of vaccination. So good on Krispy Kreme. Get those people out, you know, because what do we love more than a good old donut? Um, hey, if they're making a difference. That's pretty awesome. I didn't I didn't get free Krispy Kreme back when I went in 2016. <laughs> if only I could. <laughs> Thanks for going back in time with me, and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Come back tomorrow for more stories from the past. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.